If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 506 for August 10th, 2021. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, back from a little vacation alongside Miranda Sanchez and Destin Legary. Hello to Bam. both of you. Hi, hello. Welcome, everyone. Mar- Miranda, thank you so much for holding down the fort in my absence last week. I needed to go off the grid for a while. It had been a long, long time. I didn't check work email. I didn't even look at Twitter. It was good. great. It felt really good. That's excellent. And instead, I escaped to uh, the... The fantasy bubble of that is Disneyland, uh, which was a great time. And interestingly for Xbox fans, so, you know, they have the new Avengers campus there now that replaced the Bugs Land over in California Adventure. And uh, so the, the, the new ride, which is Spider-Man Web Slinger, it, it basically uses a new, like an advanced version of Kinect. Like if Kinect had continued on, that's what it uses. You get in the ride, you've got 3D glasses. Uh, but, and then you're, the point is you're, you're, you're shooting webs to get these little robotic spiders that are crawling all over the place. And it's, uh, when you get in it, there's a little screen in front of you that shows your score, but it also shows you get in and says it's, it, it calibrates and it shows a little oval head and little like skeleton, little skeleton arms. So it's, it's exactly connect, which I thought was hilarious. Like most people that ride it probably have no idea like, oh, okay. This technology started a while back and it's. I mean, I don't know if Disney adapted it, you know, just built their own version of it or what, but I thought that was that was pretty interesting. It's a fun game, though, because it is more of a game than a ride. I mean, it's a ride, but it's basically a a glorified video game. Uh, Real quick, before we get going, I want to let everybody know that our August IGN first month of coverage, our cover story, if you will, think of it in magazine terms, is back for blood, which a bunch of us, most of us are super excited about. We are underway with that coverage. Mitchell Saltzman uh, went to Turtle Rock and got to play the heck out of it. We've got tons of gameplay video going up, a lot of stuff. His first, he's got a a preview up of the open beta, if you missed that, as I did this past weekend since I was away. So if you didn't get in on that, 
Check out Mitchell's preview. And then he's also got a 19-minute gameplay video uh, that he played He played with the developers. So check that out. There's a lot of good stuff coming from IGN on the Back for Blood front. All right. Uh, the next big item here. Destin, we've got Gamescom coming up, even if it's in digital form this year for hopefully just this one more year. And we have a date, we have a time, and we have a little description from Microsoft. So I wanted to talk about this with both of you. August 24th, mark your calendars, August 24th. That is not this coming Thursday, or excuse me, it's two weeks from today. And that's, uh, let me clarify that. Two, two weeks from today, Tuesday, the 24th, 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock BST, 7 p.m. CEST. We'll have it here on IGN as usual. So youtube.com slash IGN or just the IGN.com homepage or twitch.tv slash IGN. And Microsoft sends along this little programming description. Tune in to learn more about our biggest exclusive games lineup ever. During the week, you'll see new updates and gameplay from many of our Xbox game studios alongside some of our third-party partners, including some of the incredible titles coming to Xbox this holiday, upcoming releases to our monthly subscription service Xbox Game Pass, and much more. Now, just taking reading into that as we do, uh, Destin, what do you think that might mean? So an, uh, an update on many games from, the, from Xbox Game Studios. Yeah, I just mean, I think it's going to be them talking about a lot of the games that were slated for 2021 that we haven't heard about. And one of those are Crossfire X and another is Scorn. Uh, what's going on with those games? Another one that comes to mind, Bright Memory Infinite. Yes. What is up with Bright Memory Infinite? You know, and um, we, we haven't really heard anything about those games. And I personally would love to know more. <laughs> Yeah, Miranda, what's uh how about you? What you think we'll get any big surprises or is it just going to be you think you think along with Destin as far as just updates on the things that have fallen through the cracks? I think we will get those updates. I do also think this is a good chance for them to go back to Halo single player and to say like, "Okay, guys, you got a taste of what multiplayer is like, how this looks, how this plays." Now let's get back to the single player campaign and talk a little bit more about that and revisit what we should expect from it. So um, it'll be, of course, it's August. So, you know, holiday is not too far away, but it's still, we have that ambiguous holiday release date, right, for Halo. So this is going to be a good chance for them to say whether or not they have the release date, which I hope they do, because, you know, like I said, holiday is not that far. <laughs> um, and I want them to kind of well us with it. You know, I think they've been really prepping for it. So I think they can do a good job. And I think they have um the backing of you know last episode we basically just gushed about how much we enjoyed multiplayer and that was just such an early slice of it and i think having that hopefully will make them confident saying okay now we can start sharing other things i also wouldn't be surprised if they do another multiplayer uh test flight during this time as well so well they, yeah. they are they are tweeting about make sure your account's ready make sure your right. account's ready yeah. so i have a feeling something's coming oh, yeah. very soon <laughs> agreed yeah, I'm with you, Miranda. I think I think that's going to be the time when they give the release date because uh, the why not? you know it's it's August 10th now, so it's August 24th for this event. And as you said, it's they almost have to. I mean, there's they can't really push it much farther. So I think that's going to be the event, that that keynote, that uh, press conference. And yeah, I I wonder if we'll see single player and multiplayer. Um, I I agree that. This seems to be a good campaign moment for them because the it realistically speaking, 
whatever holiday means, Halo Infinite's about done at this point. Like they're just polishing up. They're I mean, not that I'm I don't mean to sort of claim I'm some expert in development, but you know, I've I've been around this long enough to know that by this point in time, you're pretty close, generally speaking. And so, yeah, they were they were probably waiting till they were all polished up before showing another campaign slice. And I expect that this will be the time for that. I wonder if maybe uh, they show off big team battle for the first time on Ooh. the multiplayer side. Like that would like that would get me hyped up for sure. Not that not that I need any additional hyping when it comes to Halo <laughs> Infinite, but um, but yeah, you know, uh, I expect probably another big showcase for another big demo for Forza Horizon Five because that's Microsoft's other. Others, but you know that's that's the one B to to Halo Infinite's one A this holiday, and while we did see a lot of Forza Motor Forza Motorsport Forza Horizon Five at E3, it went it was huge. I mean, it was the game of the show. It was voted best best show best game at E3 by the media by the judges, and it's a big game for them. And so I I think we will see more of that. Now they have been giving continuous updates. They just showed off the entire game map. map the world map but i expect more forza horizon uh footage and boy destin i'm I'm so glad you mentioned scorn and crossfire in particular yeah both of them look great <laughs> i'll be honest with you and i don't mean this in a demeaning negative way at all but i had honestly forgotten about those games because that's how quiet we have not heard a peep about them not even yeah. a mention of either of those two games crossfire was supposed to be out last year and now we're we're heading in the, the home stretch of 2021 and we still don't have a date for that yet. So yeah. that's that struck me as uh that, that I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, they've shown uh enough of the the single player gameplay that it looks awesome. They've shown a little bit of the multiplayer in trailer form. That game looks I played it. It's there was a there was a yeah. closed beta oh, last right. summer, like last mm. year. So it's been out there, yeah. The, the game looks like it's it's going to be great. Like from everything that I've seen, I'm just wondering what's going on with it. Where's the release date? Why haven't they been talking about it? And it's sort of the same with Scorn. Scorn was at least on their little calendar with a, I believe it was fall. So like, is that yeah. coming out soon? <laughs> like fall is now, right? Are we in fall season yet? No, we're in still Close. summer. On we're the doorstep of it though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I think you're, you're, referencing uh, an Xbox Wire blog post from, it might have even been January. It was like the beginning of the year where they they listed like, here's all the exclusives coming to Xbox this year. And it had the big stuff. It had small stuff. Obviously, it didn't have things like Forza Horizon 5 that, yeah. that wasn't announced yet. But yeah, it Scorn was in there. 12 well, Minutes was in there, which, which is E3 coming out. presentation had it also at the end on their, their calendar of stuff right, coming right. out. But it didn't have a date. Yeah, you know, and Bright Memory is another one that, like, yes. when the Series X was revealed, that was available on Steam. You could play Bright Memory, and then Bright Memory Infinite was coming to Xbox. The combat is awesome in that game. So another cool. really cool uh, shooter with great combat. And I'm just like, where are these games? Because they look awesome, and yeah. I want to play them and talk about them, but nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I know, I know you're not saying where are these games in a like, you know aggressive I, way you're just i swear you're like you're, yeah you're up? genuine i want like are yeah are they coming this year because it's uh yeah i mean it's the xbox six the exclusive games lineup you know i did the whole op-ed about it it's it's all finally happening we just need some mm -hmm. dates on the calendar for some of this stuff halo included but yeah it's uh 
it's great to see. I mean, this month, so we, we just had The Ascent, which I reviewed right before I left. I know you guys talked about it last week. Everybody's hopefully had a chance to look at my review. I really enjoyed that game. Uh, I would be thrilled if they did a sequel to and, and addressed some of the issues I had with it. But boy, a lot of fun. That's on Game Pass. I definitely recommend everybody give that a try. So that's an exclusive. Of course, Flight Simulator was out that same week right before I left uh, as well. And now this month, it's I just mentioned 12 minutes and then Miranda Psychonauts 2 is the end of the month as well. So excited. It's coming. Although I guess technically that's actually not an exclusive. Yeah, was, yeah. Since it was, uh, well, not kickstarted, but uh, figged. Is that a verb? Can we verb that? Sure. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I mean, we can say kickstarted. <laughs> It was, it was yeah. fig funded. Fig funded. <laughs> fig funded there. I guess that's the grammatically <laughs> correct way to say it. But yeah, that'll be that'll be coming. I'm, I mean, good. I'm glad PlayStation players will get to play that one. But uh, yeah, all this stuff's coming and it's Gamescom could be a good chance for to get some release dates for this stuff. Now, what about like these third party mentions? Destin, what do you expect to see? Like what what might Microsoft be mentioning there referencing on the third party side? Uh, probably like Battlefield 2042, you know. Um, Far Cry is not out yet, right? So maybe Far Cry 6. Right, that's October, you know? yeah. Yeah, so just stuff that's coming within their window that they kind of want to double dip on. So I would guess 2042 is going to have some sort of exclusive thing because Sony hasn't announced they're doing anything, right? So right. it's just kind of Xbox is, is the stage for those third-party partners to come in and show off their properties. Uh, do either of you think something like Call of Duty could be showing at this event? Maybe we still don't know anything about this year's right. Call of Duty. Yeah, norm normally it's, that's a that's a fair question, Destin, because normally in, in the traditional cycle, it gets Call of Duty gets announced in May and then they show it off at E3 in June and then mm -hmm. kind of trickle out more information. And the fact is they still haven't even announced the game yet. So Gamescom would seem like a <laughs> their last big opportunity to do it, at least at an event. I mean, they could still do it on their own. but. Yeah, that's that. But that last we knew, unless the, the deal expired, they've got uh, the, the part the marketing partnership with Sony. So I wouldn't expect to see that on Microsoft stage. But OK, what but about yeah. Diablo 2 then? Because Diablo 2 is within that same window. Right. And that that was at E3 on my, did the interview Microsoft with uh, Rod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. That that's a uh, boy. I can't wait for that game. When you that's start my birthday thinking game about this it. Year. It when comes you start out thinking about it. Yeah, it comes out three stuff. days after my birthday, and it's 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 the long-awaited remaster of one of my favorite games of all time. So that's uh that's that's my little birthday gift to myself from Blizzard. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot to look forward to at Gamescom. I mean, I think it's important to I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I think we should probably try to set everybody's expectations out there. I'm not expecting any major announcements at this. Uh, I mean they've even the wording that they gave seems to, you know, they don't say anything like stay tuned for surprises that they, they were pretty clear about, hey, stuff that's coming out this year, plus some third party stuff. Although that said, uh, we still maybe Compulsion Games finally announces what they're doing. They're one of the first party Xbox yep. studios we still haven't heard from. Um, I don't know. You think, Destin, anybody else out there that, that could be you know, might make a smaller game announcement on the xbox side uh probably starfield you know really small no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no i i what, what would bethesda show like maybe elder, elder scrolls right like the online no. game 
No. Oh, oh, online. Okay, yeah, yeah maybe Elder Scrolls <laughs> Online. Fallout 76, maybe we'll get a little update there. I don't know what's going on mm-hmm. with that game right now. Uh, but no, I think you made such a great point, Ryan, that historically Gamescom has been a good place for updates and for hands-on experiences of like updated experiences, or it's the same thing that we see at E3. So I don't think we should set our hopes too high for like huge announcements. Is Plague Tale Innocence 2021? Do either of you know off the top of your head? Uh, that you might mean be wait, one the, the sequel? Wait, that's not that's the name of the first one. That's isn't the first it? one. Plague Tale Requiem. Requiem, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that could be because uh, that's, I believe, a European developed game, right? So that's, uh, that's true. we do mm-hmm. tend to see more European titles take center stage at Gamescom oh. since it's a European event. I forgot to bring it up. Lost Ark. Lost Ark has been teasing on their Twitter that they're going to announce something. And I keep talking about this game on this show. Lost Ark is going to be awesome. It is a massive, massive game, like everywhere but here. Yeah. And it's finally coming here. And they're like being sort of tongue in cheek about it. It's that mishmash of everything. It's an MMO, right? It's going to be great. It's already like out everywhere else and it has really positive reviews. Yeah. I, I think you're going to like it more than you expect. And I think I think it's going to be for people who like aren't aware of Lost Ark. I think it's going to be a sleeper hit. I think. Right. Well, I say sleeper hit, but there's already uh, a huge dedicated family yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's it's definitely a, a brand of MMOs. I, I know wait, with MMOs for me, they're so hit or miss. Like, I like Final Fantasy 14, but this one is just it's overwhelming. In, in the more, visual it's, style, it's like, do you want literally everything in fantasy and some sci-fi? Here it is. <laughs> it's all there. There's a dinosaur, the but then there's a space ex- gun. <laughs> I'm really excited. I hope you guys will at least like try the intro because I did and I was totally hooked. And I'm really, really excited to see more. I, I do agree that this trailer, if you don't know what Lost Ark is, you're <laughs> just like, what is this? <laughs> but having played it. It just sort of takes you on an interesting story and sets you on yeah. your path in in the uh, world of wherever this takes place. I don't know, but uh, the powers are really cool. I will you can, say, like, sort of I, shift in the different modes, and I, I think people are really going to like this one. I like the UI. It's a lot less intimidating than other MMO UI. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, pretty easy to pick yeah, up. Nice. <laughs> it's not just like a wall of icons and text. And- yeah, it's like, I don't know what half of this is. Please let me unlock this slowly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it'll it's still going to be fun either way, even if we don't get any major, like, yeah. brand, I would say, even though it's currently penciled in for summer 2022, I like, I doubt we'll see gameplay of Redfall at this. Like, I think oh. it's probably too early for that if I, you know, that's what my gut says anyway. I agree. I don't think we're going to see anything about that until next year, which is bummer for me because I want to see more of it. But I, I think I'm okay with that. I, I would love a trailer just so we have an actual idea of what the gameplay of that product looks like. But I think, mm-hmm. Miranda, you've actually been liking the sort of marketing style where they give us an indication of the powers of each of the characters and everything. Am I wrong in saying that? No, absolutely. You have to read between lines. Like they're showing off like what. I think Stell also does a great job of this with uh, breaking down Apex Legends trailers of like when they announced a new legend, you have to really read into the story that they're trying to to market through like the cinematic, I guess, that they have released to tease it um, to understand what's happening rather than just getting the full on trailer of like what this game's going to look like. And again, it's an arcane game. So if you know what an arcane game looks like, I don't think it's going to look too much different in terms of what they're going to offer there. But we could be surprised, you know, who could say? Um, if Raziel shows up during the Gamescom trailer and he's a playable character, I'm all in. 
because <laughs> it was code it was codenamed Kane, I think, or something like that. Oh. So yeah. Oh yeah, I'm oh Destin. So excited. <laughs> Keep the faith though. alive. I love it. I love it. But uh yeah, so stay tuned. August 24th, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on IGN for live coverage. We'll be carrying that Xbox presentation live. And then by the way, I'll just go ahead and let you know our podcast that week will be a one-hour live show immediately after. So we'll be reacting to it live along with you guys. So watch the event on IGN and just stay right with us for Unlocked Live right after. I guess that'll be, if this is episode 506, uh, 508, that'll be episode 508. So join us for that. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D VPN dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, next up this week, Miranda, we had our second Xbox Twitch Indie Showcase today as well. There were, let's see, in total, more than I can count. I have the entire list here. It looks something like, yeah, close to... Oh, like two dozen games. Any any highlights for you? Anything jump out? Uh, I unfortunately didn't get to look at all of them, uh, but one that I've been looking forward to for a long time now is Sable, which is an open world exploration game that has always looked so stylish. This is one of those games that sort of came out as a GIF, and you said, hey, what's that? Does that exist yet? Can I play it? 
And it's like, no, this is just the gift to show you what this game is. I was like, oh, okay. Or GIF, if you prefer. Uh, no, and GIF, so, you got it right the first time. I'm, yeah. I'm team GIF. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I say GIF. But, yes. um, and so that one is finally getting a lot more steam. And we can actually play it soon. So I was really happy to see an update on that. And I think most of these were just updates on games that I wanted to play. Um, I do have to actually go back and kind of dig deeper into some of the games I missed. I unfortunately couldn't watch the whole thing because it is rather long, which is cool, which is great. I love that they give so much of a spotlight here. Um, so Paparazzi by Kitbox Games is another one that I'm looking forward to, which is where you're taking photos of dogs. Hold on. That, I mean, that's that. that's game of the year right there. Like, <laughs> we can just shut down the vote right now. Um, exactly. Yeah, who, who wouldn't want to play that? Yeah, exactly. So that's, you can see it here. Oh, look at our super producer, just... Red, is on it. Look at that. Thank got you, B-roll ready to go if you're watching on video. Red's, Red knows the yeah. priorities. <laughs> how good does that, how fun does, I mean, you know, that's, my, I'll tell you, my my daughter would love this game. Yeah. So in it's in just all a... seriousness, like, she would she would absolutely adore this game. So Great you know, fun game where you go and uh, take photos of different kinds of dogs, you can play with them, and... Um, you kind of have like a little compendium of the dogs that you found so far. That dog has a big old burger. If you're oh. if you're listening, we there just saw be a great boxers dog in this. That's all I gotta burger. say. It's it's a zero out of ten <laughs> if there are no boxers. Okay, so you know that's that's absolutely right fair. You can see skateboarding <laughs> dogs. Incredible. Whoa. There's nothing they can't do here. Uh, so I think that just it's really charming, and I like having those games to like kind of it's weird to say like wash my hands of like the intensity <laughs> of like Call of Duty or something. It's like all right, guys, yeah. like, let me just like swig a complete 180 and Game go do something for else for a too. second. <laughs> yeah it's nice to have those um so then there's also button city which is another more on the chill side of games it's an adventure game uh where you go meet cute animals and i think that one's actually out now but so yeah we have this it's it's that very cute animals it has that sort of animal crossing vibes in a way but i think it has more of a story focus and there's an arcade where you can actually go i think it was just save the arcade is the, the story of the game and you go play arcade games so like there's this little hack and slash we see, and there's a racing game, and then there's DDR. So it's just a cute, like, 90s aesthetic, fun one. Um, and that's just, again, I think it's out now, so I'm probably going to play that soon. But the one that I was excited by and kind of, like, curious about, because it's not really a game that I would play, uh, is Library of Runa. So this game is very stylistic. Uh, and it's a library battle simulation, which you're like, wow. what does that even mean? So <laughs> you go to a library, system. yeah, and you fight them to to get their books, <laughs> so, which it sounds very silly, but and it kind of is in a way. But the aesthetic of it's really serious, and like some of it looks actually really gory. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what this game is because it, it's not something I think I would normally play. And it's been in early access since 2020 or May 15, 2020. And the combat is rather unlike things that I've never played. I think it has some Slay the Spire vibes to it, but it's hard to really understand exactly what's going on in some of the screenshots they have because it's not in English. But I'm curious to find out more about this because I love books. I'm going to fight people for their books. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> the the one that jumped out at me uh, that I want to give a quick mention to, if you like comedies, you like point and click adventures. If you like comedic point and click adventures, there is a remaster of Sam and Max Save the World, which is the it's season one of the Telltale uh, adventure, not the original Lucas Arts one, but the Telltale one that got made a bit later. 
it's really good. It's I uh, it was out on the 360. I played. I think I reviewed it back at OXM for that uh, back then. But yeah, if I mean Sam and Max is hilarious, and there just aren't a lot of funny point and click adventure games anymore. And this is a pretty like classic one. Uh, so yeah, I mean, not, not game pass in this situation, but if that is up your alley, it is really cool to see that getting remastered and re-released here on Xbox one and Xbox series. X. So don't miss that one. Um, and then I guess the one other one, which I, I don't know anything about, I haven't played, but the short description, like the elevator pitch has me, has me sold here. It's called the big con. Hustle your way across 90s America as a runaway teen con artist. Choose how to make your scratch as you don disguises, pick pockets, and rip people off in this comedic crime-filled adventure. Experience the totally rad 90s and all its plaid and payphone glory. So uh, I am really eager to, to give this a go and see what it's all about because it's I love I grew up in the 90s and <laughs> want to play a game that's that's trying to do something like this. This almost has some Doug aesthetic to it, I will yes. say. Well, oh, it's a good reference. Boy, I haven't thought about Doug in a while. It's, uh, well <laughs> oh, played, it's a Furby. Miranda. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, this game looks really cool. Uh, if you aren't watching, I highly recommend checking out the trailer because you'll also, if you also have any fondness for the 90s, like all of a sudden, I want to try this out. It's cool. So for so, me, I'm, che I'm cheating yeah, go a ahead, little Destin, bit. Please. And I'm sneaking a peek at some of these on the IGN Collection article. Um, and the one that jumped out at me right away was Inked, A Tale of Love is an unconventional love story told on a world of paper. Basically, there's a bunch of, of hand-drawn illustrations that are built together in, into like a gameplay story. Um, when everything he loves is lost, he must embark on a puzzle-filled quest to regain what he truly loves. He is also aided by the artist, so the, the actual artist's hand will come in during the gameplay and draw stuff uh, That's cool. on the screen. One of the things when I was in college way back in the day, and I don't know why this keeps coming up lately, but um, I, I was going for game design and I wrote a high concept doc and I've always wanted a game that would start out the world where it's almost like uh, uh, lightly drawn and then slowly improved to like modern day graphics over time as you develop your character. So like the, the style of the world would evolve and I think he's sort of getting at that with inked, like an idea similar to that. It looks really, really neat. Wow. And I, I love how this is all, all hand drawn. You can really see good. like color is coming into the world and everything. I mean, like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. The fourth I, wall gorgeous. aspect of that with the, with the artist's hand. That's cool. Yeah. yeah the hand's really awkward. Cause like the, you see this beautiful, like kind of sketched landscape and this big hand comes in. <laughs> Well, I know that a lot of these things are like up to your own interpretation, but I have mm. to imagine that the person is, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think what he's trying to illustrate, and I don't know, I'd have to learn more about the game, is that the person is drawing this game and coming through these adventures so that he can cope with something that's going on in real life with, within, with somebody that he cares about, right? And um, I'm basing that off of, of one paragraph description. But if that is the case, I'm all in. I already love the art style. I love the gameplay. And if there is a, a larger, more overarching narrative, it, it's like, look at it. It looks so good. I'm, I'm willing to give this one a shot. Oh, I would say there is based on the oh, yeah, based on images that. we've just seen. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. yeah now that's, uh, I'm adding that to my list, too. Because it looks like it's got some sort of puzzle stuff in it, too, which is mm -hmm. 
which I'm all about. So, yeah, sign me up then, for that one. Inked. And then Argami, too, because you kill people all stealthy like. <laughs> I mean, for stealth, stealth fans out there, that's, uh, that's all we got. A few stealth games that exist <laughs> anymore. Pure stealth. Uh, we had a preview of that on IGN recently. One of our uh, wonderful contributors took a look at it. That was uh, Travis Northup, I believe, wrote that up. Oh, so I know that guy. Yeah, take a look at that one. And then I guess the last one I'll mention real quick is just a game that's been out for a long time and it's beloved. That game is Stardew Valley, but the new notable item here, it's coming to Game Pass. So Woo! if you haven't played Stardew Valley, now it's just in your Game Pass subscription. So fix that if you haven't already played it. It has Resolve multiplayer. That. And if you haven't played since launch, a lot has changed. A lot of new things. Love it. All right, uh, let's get on to some other news stories here as we've, boy, we've talked for a while already. The Dead Space remake that we talked about a couple of shows ago, right before I left for my trip, uh, it's being developed by EA Motive, of course, and it is reportedly aiming for a fall 2022 release date. According to a report by GamesBeat, sources familiar with the development of the game have said that uh, Dead Space could launch as early as fall 2022. This may be sooner than many fans expected, given that very little has been shared about the game, which was only officially announced last month. Uh, and by last month, it was like two weeks ago. The report by GamesBeat claims that internally, EA is anticipating a Dead Space launch during its 2023 fiscal year. However, when approached for a statement surrounding the supposed release of the game, EA said, quote, we haven't shared a release date for the game and we don't have any comment based on the current rumor and speculation, but we're glad people are excited for the game. Um, Destin, this this feels like I would be that would be a, one of those fun kind of uh, over, under promise and over deliver kind of situations if they're able to pull that off. Um, I don't expect to see anything from this game for a very long time. I think they've showed their teaser. And the next time we see it, it's going to be much closer to whenever that launch window ends up being at the end of the day. Um, and I agree with you, Ryan. If if it is. Under promise, over deliver. Great. I'm not in a rush to play the Dead Space remake personally. I'll wait until they're done and go for it. I don't think they need. I don't. I don't. I'm not like in a rush to play it in 2022. <laughs> Miranda, you are you are you uh, buying this rumor, or you think it's <laughs> that seems a little a little optimistic? I feel like everything gets delayed now, so <laughs> that's my only comment. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. And that, and that's, I'm with you there. I mean, I don't know EA's internal schedule and right. speed apparently has stumbled upon it. But uh, as you said, everything gets delayed. Everybody's still working from home. Like none of right? these major companies, nobody's gone back yet. Not, not with uh, some of them were planning to uh, at least I know. Well, I don't know about game companies, but like I have friends and neighbors that work for Google and September was the plan, but then mm -hmm. Delta starts going around and those plans change. So, uh, right. yeah, with, with studios still not back together yet and delays being a normal part of game development, uh, I, I, I would be I would bet lunch that this game does not release anytime in 2022. And I'd be happy to lose the bet. I'd be happy to buy somebody lunch if it turns out it does. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Also. I mean, even though Dead Space is a known quantity, I don't know if the fall season is the best time for it. When you've got the, when you've got this, you know, the the Call of Duties of the world, 
the halos, the battlefields. I mean, ne- in, ne- in next year's case, the star fields of the world. I know they're different genres, but um, yeah, I I don't think that's going to happen. But hey, yeah, if- and and its brand of horror, I think, would do well without the October spooky season too. Like, I think right. that could come out at any time. Honestly, this would be a fun summer game. I think, but I don't know. Space horror to me screams summer rather than fall. Yeah, like a big summer horror movie, right? You know, yeah. just summer movie season. So, yeah, I mean, like anyway. the games, the games out now. So like you can go play <laughs> Dead Space, you know, and then when the new version comes out with prettier graphics, <laughs> you can play it again. Like it holds up very well. It's in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it's less scary. Right. I mean, thankfully, it's a remake, so it's not going to I mean, presumably yeah. it's not going to be a shot for shot remake, although that's possible, but it's you'll get some kind of new experience. By yeah, they, they talked about this a little bit, actually. They're going to be like uh, adding more of the corridors that had to be cut due to the size constraints and just limitations that they have on on old hardware. So there is definitely going to be new stuff, but a lot of it will be probably what we experience, you know? Yeah. So maybe stay tuned for that next fall, but I wouldn't necessarily bet on it. Although I guess I just did, <laughs> but I bet against <laughs> it. I, <laughs> uh, this next story warms my heart because I'm a big South Park fan since the very beginning. Because yes, I'm old. There is a new South Park game in development coming uh, from Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the co-creators of South Park, as part of their new nine hundred. Yes, $900 million deal with Viacom and Paramount, which will keep South Park, the TV show, going through its 30th season in 2027. (laughs) They're also doing 14, yes, a dozen plus two movies, South Park movies for Paramount Plus, the streaming service, because you got to have content to get people to subscribe. And as part of the deal, Matt and Trey will also be working on a new South Park video game. Matt Stone confirmed the game is in development and it's being made by an in-house team at South Park Studios. Mm. So not, you know, Ubisoft or Obsidian, as was the case with uh, the Fractured But Whole and the Stick of Truth, the RPGs we've seen previously. So uh, we don't you know what kind of game. So carefully, Come I know on. you've got. <laughs> that's the joke, right? You can't step into Matt and Trey's trap every time. You got to be careful, tiptoe around it. But uh, we don't know what kind of game this is. But uh, Miranda, what kind of game do you hope it is? Do you want to go back to the RPG well, or is there another genre you'd like to see Matt and Trey tackle? Uh, I have a confession to make. I am not a South Park fan. It traumatized me when I was a child. I was very scared. Believe it or not, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> when what? I was really young, do you want to do a quick story time? I want to, I want to hear the backstory on this. Okay, quick story time. Um, I had a TV in my room when I was a little kid, and my parents were like, turn it off, so like, turn it off at night. And one night, I was like, I want to watch South Park, because I want to know what it's all about. I don't remember. I was in elementary school easily, like really little. And there was this episode where these the kids get stuck on a bus on the side of the mountain, and there's this monster in the mountain and it ate a kid and split out, like spit out its blood and bones on the side of the window, and that just freaked me out so bad. I was like, "What is this?" And then, and then I never looked at South Park the same way again. I, I mean, that, uh, that's that understandable. I, I have stuff <laughs> like my version of that is um, uh, Howard the Duck freaked mm-hmm. me out when I was a little kid. I don't remember exactly why. There was some scene in it. I haven't. I haven't purposely haven't watched that movie since because I'm not looking to revisit the trauma. Right. But yeah. 
like there are things that seem as an adult like seem like well wait why would that freak you out but as a kid you know you never quite know yeah you got yeah, that mine, little version going mine was they live i mean not yeah. to trust anybody oh no <laughs> dang dustin all right um i will say too though it's really fun exploring the stories of how south park comes to be i forget what i was listening to about like the production behind south park and how they keep it so reactionary and it's really cool to hear about that but um, yeah are you talking about uh six days to air which was yes. the yeah yes it was really cool it's so worth watching if you haven't seen it it's about how south park gets made uh, on on such a tight schedule every week and and stays so topical it's re- i mean it's 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 old now i mean i think that's right. probably eight to 10 years old, but it's still relevant and it's still super interesting. No, so Destin, uh, what, what genre here? You want to go RPG for a third time or you want to see something else? I want another RPG. Those games are amazing. I'm a little worried that Ubisoft's not going to be involved to be totally honest, because I thought that those games were so well done that, uh, I would have just loved to play another one of them. And I'm, the last game that they did without Ubisoft was like what the snowball throwing turkey game on Nintendo 64. Well, I mean, <laughs> Obsidian did the stick of truth and Ubi took it to the finish line, but Obsidian mm-hmm. did the work there, most of the work. Well, I want another one of those. That's what I want <laughs> for sure. And uh, if they're able to replicate that and do do something of that quality, great. Um, I do worry because like it's it's a new game development studio, right? Well, that's that's my worry is that it's sort of a, a second side of the same coin of what you're talking about is my worry is when it says it's an in-house team that, oh, what if that means it's it's like we're all getting our hope or well, I'm getting my hopes up and it's just going to be a, a dinky mobile game that I don't care about. Because they have tower defense games and stuff that are on mobile. I don't know if those were in-house. I would I would have to read a little bit more. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's Ryan, like we really liked the console RPGs yeah. a lot. I Those are like sort of a, something I look forward to when they're announced. Um, and I just sit down and I play through the whole thing. I gobble it up. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that said, you, it's funny you mentioned Tower Defense. So South Park Studio, they, the internal team did do uh, South Park Let's Go Tower Defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, which was really good. That was an Xbox Live arcade game in the 360 days. But you're still, the point stands that you're making, uh, it's not a large-scale, you know, AAA 12 to 25-hour role-playing game. So, yeah. um, yeah, I really adore the RPGs. I wouldn't mind another RPG. For me, I actually thought uh, the most recent one, Fractured, was, was actually too long. I never ended up finishing it as much as I love South Park. Wow. Um, I thought the, the 12-ish hour runtime of the Stick of Truth was perfect for that game. For that, because it was like playing a 12-hour episode of the show, and the writing was tight, and it was, you know, I just, I know I'm missing something by not having finished Fractured, but um, less, less can be more, I think, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, and um, but but I will say I've been talking a, a lot re- on this episode for some reason, as it has worked out about <laughs> point and click adventure games. I've always wanted a South Park point and click adventure game that Matt and Trey write and Matt and Trey do the voices for where, you know, you're you're it, I mean, it, it's it's a cousin kind of 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 something like what the Stick of Truth did, but just a straight up like 
puzzle adventure that's heavy on dialogue and has dialogue trees that you, you, where you can choose different responses of things to say. That's what I'd love to see. Now, are they going to do that? Probably not because nobody buys point and click adventure games anymore for the most part, but I can dream. I'm allowed to dream. Uh, let's see here. We're already getting late in the show, but we've got to talk Mass Effect because, you know, that makes Destin happy. Why not? Always. <laughs> uh, and the news is good. Sales for Mass Effect Legendary Edition were, quote, well above EA's expectations, according to EA themselves in their earnings call last week for investors, quote, the launch of Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the remaster of the first three Mass Effect games, reignited the passion of fans around the world, driving sales performance well above our expectations, said EA's CEO, Andrew Wilson. Now, Destin, uh, number one, this has got to make you happy. And number two, I, I have to imagine that there might be a long tail on this. Like it might keep selling for a while because it's just sort of a self-contained thing where word of mouth can can keep going around. It's oh, did you play Mass Effect? Oh, what do you mean? Oh, it's remastered. I like I could see this doing well for a while. Yeah, if you're gonna play Mass Effect, you should play this version of Mass Effect. This is the one that you should play through, right? And um I'm not tremendously surprised that it sold well. This is something that I feel like everybody was asking for for so long. Yep. And then they finally do it and they really, really give it a proper treatment and they explain why they didn't like totally redo Mass Effect 1. And I, I really appreciate the work that went into it, uh, the level of quality that came out of the, the project. And it's just like a great contained experience. And hopefully they're able to move forward with, we'll call it Mass Effect 4 or whatever it's going to be called in the future and have that same level of quality, right? Um, I, I've seen some articles lately saying like Andromeda isn't as bad as you remember. No, it was it was not the same experience, in my opinion. I think Miranda and I disagree. But it's um, not it's not it's this not trilogy. up to the same caliber. It's, it's not but it's not a bad game. It, uh, it's well, not I, Mass Effect original of, trilogy, but it's not a bad game. It is. I don't know. I I don't like the storytelling as much. <laughs> I feel like the characters are harder to relate to. I feel like the aliens are like not as like they. I don't know. They're just not can, that we interesting. Can, we can differ. That's fine. That's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> they, I, they got well, rid of Paragon yeah. and Renegade, which I was not a fan of. There's, um, there's a structure early on you see that I thought was in carry on through the entire game, and there's like I think really quality stories there, but it's not consistent. I Where think, are the Quarians? <laughs> I think Mass Effect yeah. Andromeda I know the is yeah, the, the book is uh is the Saint Anger of of Mass <laughs> Effect. So Saint Anger, Metallica, it's regarded as like Metallica fans hate that album. It's not a bad album, but it's a bad Metallica album. And I think the same thing applies to Mass Effect Andromeda. It's not a bad RPG. It's just a bad Mass Effect game. So yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah like, like, like the like the combat works right. The combat works fairly well. You can zip around and everything like that. Most of my problems come down to like storytelling. I, I don't. I feel the characters are fairly awkward. Like it just it comes off awkward. At least how they sort of put them together in the scenes. And I really wanted to love that game. I really this really did. And playing through it, I, I, it's, it was a very forgettable experience for me. And that bums me out. 
Uh, does Miranda, that make you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, does that make you worry for what they do with a another sort of mainline Mass Effect game? Well, I know they Max, try to do that. Max still at Bioware, right? Um, so they could bring in Drew to help figure out whatever they want to do if they feel that's necessary. But Mac wrote two and three, and he's going to be working on the new one. I, I feel fairly confident that with uh, uh, Rootsart and all the other writers that work collaboratively on the Mass Effect franchise, that they're going to be able to come out with something great. Okay. I'm to this point, I'm hoping. Yeah. To this point, I mean, Miranda, it's this. This definitely helps rehabilitate Mass Effect's wounded image though heading into heading into mass effect 4 right um i would say so i hope i think if anything it just introduced the world of mass effect as it was originally intended i guess you could say um to a lot of new people like that's what it was at that introduction because i think there's a lot of people i heard saying like oh i've never played mass effect so i'm getting this i was like oh well perfect great that's just that just makes a lot of sense um so i'm hoping if anything that will give a lot of people, I guess, more excitement for what they're doing. And because it's sold so well, I hope that means EA will give Bioware the time they need to like, properly develop it. Um, and I, I specifically say time because I think that's what happened with Andromeda is that they ran out of time or, or patience from Bioware to get this game or from EA to get the game out. And yeah, so they, res- they reset it. Yeah, like, there is pretty far in. That's. And, and that seems to be just based on what we've heard, like a thing with EA about them, like resetting things. I don't know if that's a studio issue or if that's an EA mandate issue or whatever it is, but it seems like a lot of projects at EA have a problem, like starting and continuing, not just getting like restarted or like getting out the door. And so whenever you have to like, you know, brush this game out and we heard, I think a lot of reports about Andromeda too, then it could be really difficult to want to put a, or be able to put a quality product whenever you're at that rush or that there's that much communication missing. So I'm hoping that with the sales of this, they'll just like back off. And I think EA, like we, we did have a conversation too about like whether or not EA is kind of in good graces. And I think that's also a big part of it too, right? They need to treat their, their studios and their, the employees well. So hopefully they get what they need to make an excellent game based off uh, how Papa Joe's was. And just, Miranda, just, you mentioned uh, how it kind of reminds new fans what Mass Effect originally was. The thing, the optimistic thing I want to look at here is, I mean, yes, Destin, you're correct, Mac. Uh, there will be some original developers on Mass Effect Four, but I think it's probably fair to say the majority of the development team probably will be new, will be people that did not work on the trilogy. And and my hope is that the this this Legendary Edition and the success of it helps remind not just fans, but also the Mass Effect 4 development team of what people love about Mass Effect as they lay the groundwork for the new one. And, and hopefully it'll be fresh in their minds as they as they build the new one and, and just have more of an influence, quite honestly, you know, rather than uh, just be this kind of distant nostalgic memory. Right. Like I'm hoping yeah. this Legendary Edition helps really influence for i i agree with you i think it's definitely probably well it's probably i don't know i'm not at bioware but it's a grounding experience to have a game come out and do really really well like this did and honestly i think bioware really needed this win because they've just been through the ringer over the last few years andromeda came out to a massive controversy right um anthem comes out and it's kind of a dud right and they end up pulling the plug on the sequel and development on that so Bioware really needed a win with one of their 
historic franchises. And I'm really, really happy to see this. Now, if Dragon Age comes out and Dragon Age is also a hit and also celebrated, then I'm going to be a lot more hopeful about what other projects we see. For example, the rumored remake of the the Star Wars games. I have to wonder if that's going to get a little bit more development push now that the legendary edition of Mass Effect has done so well. I certainly hope so. I'll believe that when I see it, a remake of those. I'm not getting my hopes up for that. All right, the the last quick note here before we move on. Uh, Hellblade 1, a game I know, Destin, you revisited. It's actually still on my list. It is, is, I'm ashamed to admit that I- I've twice now. I've started it, but I I never, I got to sit down and do it. I know it's only like six hours, but Hellblade has been given an optimization patch for Xbox Series X and S. DirectX ray tracing up to 120 frames per second and resolutions of up to 4K. So depending what options you choose, the team is excited for fans to jump into the game for the first time or return to Senua's journey in a cinematic experience that hasn't been possible on console before on Series X and S. So uh, just a public service announcement. It's on Game Pass. I I need to listen to my own advice and go play that game. And uh, as we get ready for Hellblade 2. The update's free. Uh, a piece of advice, just follow a guide because there's some of the puzzles are fairly tedious and that's usually where I've seen a lot of players, myself included, dropping off. Just follow the guy, unless you're stubborn and you really... Because <laughs> it's a really cool story. It's, it's really a game that I think people should play. Yeah, I know Brandon Tyrell's a big fan too. All right, let's quickly... I'm going to skip loot box for this week because we're short on time. Real quick, turbo round of Unlock Block trivia. M. Fish writes in and asks, these major motion pictures all feature gaming scenes where characters are using video game controllers to play a variety of games. Which of the following movies features a scene with Xbox controllers? Was it Super Bad? Was it Alvin and the Chipmunks The Squeakquel? Was it The Breakup, a, the uh, classic Jennifer Aniston, Vince Vaughn rom-com? Or Grandma's Boy, the sort of cult-ish classic uh, game with Nick Swartz, a uh, game movie with Nick Swartz. And let's see if any of you remember seeing uh, an Xbox controller in any of these. I'm going to go Miranda's way first. I always make a mental note when I see something like that happens. I'm like, oh, hey, look what they're playing. But I don't know this one. I don't think I've only seen one of these movies. Um, and so I will guess B, Elfin and the Chickpunks. Okay. Which of the four have you seen, out of curiosity? Super bad. Okay, that's the right that's choice out of this group. <laughs> yeah. Super bad's awesome. I love that movie. I like Super Bad. All right, Destin, I'll go your that's way. Only, that's the only one I haven't seen. Oh. I'm, <clears throat> I think it's D, Grandma's Boy. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing, though. I actually don't know the answer. But is, that's a good that, question. So are you going to lock in with that? or I, I'm going to lock in with D, yeah, because I'm a little unsure. All right, let me just pull up the scoring here real quick. Uh, and it is, so Miranda 5, Destin 4. Not anymore, though. Destin has tied things up. Yes, yes! Grandma's Boy no! is the correct answer. Grandma's Boy, no! Because <laughs> they're all Chipmunk game devs. And, and like at that time, like everybody used the Xbox controller because it was just compatible with windows well That's what and the, and the, <laughs> the extra layer <laughs> is uh the the game that they're playing that they're developing it was <laughs> it was a game i i'm now blanking on it but it was a real game in development that i believe never came out hold on let me just uh oh really yeah it, grandma's boy game ah demonic that's demonic right was the name of it with a k at the end <laughs> d-e-m-o-n-i-k 
Demonic <sighs> is, uh, uh, from Terminal Reality and Majesco. So that, that was featured in Grandma's Voice. So there you go. M. Fish, thank you very much for that. Everybody, please send in your Unlocked Block trivia questions. Just email me, unlocked at IGN.com. Uh, include the question for multiple choice answers and note the correct answer in your email. And we'll play again next week. But in the meantime, it's time to roll. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Again, I mentioned at the top, our Back for Blood month-long IGN first coverage has begun. So check out that stuff on IGN or on YouTube. And uh, I don't know what else. So, well, you already saw, I already plugged my Ascent review. Hopefully you've seen that already. Miranda. Uh, you can find me at Havoc Rose on the Havoc with a K pretty much everywhere, especially on Twitch. Tonight I'll be playing Batman Arkham Knight still. Um, as far as IGN work goes, though, I'm working on a review that should be up this week. It may be interesting to you. It's hard to say. <laughs> uh, I can't talk about what it is yet. And um, what, use IGN guides. Thanks. Yay. There are plenty of games coming out for those mm -hmm. guides that you guys mm -hmm. are putting a lot of hard work into. So, yeah. Destin, take us home. Yeah, please go watch my Halo Infinite uh, performance preview. We took a look at the flight across as many platforms as I could capture in the time period and also do a preview and also do gameplay. But 343 actually had some comments on some of the issues that had been identified, including the PC version not running uh, at a stable 60, the, the frame time issues on base consoles, and the fruit. So be sure you check that out. Uh, it's over on youtube.com slash IGN games right now. Which is the same place that Unlocked lives. So if you don't mm -hmm. already subscribe to youtube.com slash IGN games, please do so. Do us a favor. That'll help us out. For Super Producer Red, as well as Miranda and Destin, I'm Ryan. This is Unlocked 506, and we'll see you all again next week. We are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman, Saga, and Lore Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. Then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season, and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to Chili Con Carn? Do you mean chili con carne? Maybe we should be chili sands.